Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Shmois Shlishi, the first, third Aliyah in Pasha Shmois. The topic of our Aliyah is Moshe finding his people. It is 15 Pesukim long rain from Perik Bey's Pasuk Yud Alav Tuchof Hey. We hear now at this point that Moshe grows up and he goes out to see his brothers in their suffering. And, he, and the day he goes out, he sees an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew and he turns this way, that way. He sees there's no one around and he hits the Egyptians and, and buries them, kill, killing this individual. The next day he goes out and he sees two Hebrews fighting each other and he says to the, the evil one, Lama Why are you hitting your friend? And he says, wait a second, who made you a judge over us? You can't just kill us like you killed the Egyptian. And Moshe was, became very scared. And he says, now I know the matter is known. Um, the, Paro hears about this in, in, incident. Um, this becomes public knowledge and wants to kill Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu runs away and goes to the land of Egypt and stays by the Be'er, by the well. At this point in time, we hear that the king of Midian the, the priest of Midian has seven daughters. They're coming to use to utilize the well to feed the sheep of their father. But the Ro'im come and um, chase them away. Moshe Rabbeinu intercedes and saves them and feeds their flocks. They then come back to Ru'el, their father, and he, he says, Why is it so fast today? Clearly it's been a repeating episode that they don't get access to the well. And they said, Well, there's this Egyptian man. He saved us from the, the, these... Uh, um, the, the shepherds, and he gave to all of us, uh, all of our flocks. And he, he says to his daughters, uh, where is he? So why don't you tell him to bring him back and like, you know, let him, let him have, a, have a square meal. And so, and so that's what happens. They, uh, they bring him back. And in fact, Moshe ends up marrying Zipporah, the daughter of Reuel. And they have a child and he is called Gershom. He is a sojourner in a foreign land. And during these, these days, we then hear that the Pharaoh dies. They, they grow, call out and they, and they cry out to Hashem and their cries go, uh, arise to Hashem. Hashem hears their cries and remembers the covenant with Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov. Okay, so this is, this is our Aliyah. A few basic questions. And that number one is, what does it mean that when he looked out, when he went out and he, and he saw this Egyptian beating the Hebrew, he looked this way and that way? So Rashi says he looked into the future, the past. He says, saw was anybody of merit ever coming out of this individual's family. And when he saw that that was not the case, then he killed him. Um, it is interesting that there are different ways of reading this, perhaps differently. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs uh, uh, writes um, a very beautiful thing. And that is, is he says, look, you're in an Egyptian um, construction site in downtown Cairo. Do you really think there's no one there? No one, no one heard. No one could see. No one was around. What does it mean no one was around? The answer is, is that there was no one to take action. Nobody cared enough to do anything. As the mission in says, When there's people where nobody wants to take and wants to be that leader, you have to be that leader. And that's what he does. He jumps in. This is his for, the formulation of Moshe Rabbeinu becoming that leader. Um, it is interesting to note that these are, this is the first action Moshe Rabbeinu takes. The first words that he utters as recorded in um, and the, in, in his conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mi Anachi, who am I? And that's precisely the type of leaders we try to cultivate. And a leader, when asked to be a leader, they say, who am I to be a leader? But when it comes down to nobody doing the job, then there's no one around. They do the job right away. However, it could be that there's another, a third way of reading this as well. 
And that is, is that perhaps this is the crisis, the identity crisis that Moshe Rabbeinu is going through after all. He's brought up in the Egyptian palace. His mother, for all intents and purposes, is a Egyptian. He then goes out and he sees these Hebrews. He identifies with them. He knows that somehow his past is connected with them as well. And perhaps when he sees this, when it comes down to the crisis and he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, now he has to decide either to act or to ignore. What is he going to do? And he looks this way and he looks that way and he says, am I Egyptian? Am I a Hebrew? He looks this way, he looks that way. Who am I? And he realizes he's no one. He realizes he has not chosen who he is, and therefore he's a fence-sitter. As a fence-sitter, he really is no one, because he doesn't have a system of values. He doesn't have a direction in life. He doesn't have a mission. So many of us, when we perhaps look inside, we ask ourselves, We look this way and that way. Have we decided who we are? What is our identity? What does our life match up with that identity? And that was the decision over here. This is the critical decision moment when Moshe Rabbeinu becomes Moshe, the Hebrew, not, not Messis, the, the, the Egyptian as well. Now, what does it mean that the matter became known? Achein Nadar Hadavar. So the most basic understanding, as the Bechor Shor says, most of the Rishonim point out, is because he realizes that the incident yesterday, although Moshe Rabbeinu thought it was private when he killed this Egyptian, it was not private, it was heard, and now the news is going to become public. If that's the case, he knows he's going to be a wanted man for killing an Egyptian taskmaster. That's the most basic understanding. So Swan introduces an interesting perspective. He says he realizes that he can't kill this Jew, this Hebrew, who's going to, who's going to slander him because the, the, this matter, the, the man screams out in public, I know that you killed the Egyptian yesterday. And so now he can't even eliminate this person as a Moser, as a person handing him over to, to, to the authorities to be killed. He can't even eliminate him because it's, it's public. So he, it's too late. Um, however, Rebbe Bechaya says, and many of them for Hashem say, say this, a very chilling thought, and that is, is nothing to do with what the incident that happened yesterday about the killing of the Egyptian. It really has to do with the entire process of exile. And that what he's saying is, I now understand why these Hebrews are in exile. I now understand why they're in such a big, big, bad place. Because you know what? All they do is try to hit each other and slander each other. And when they suddenly tries to help them, then they slander them and they're willing to, 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 to go and to report them to authority. Somebody who helped them themselves. They bite the hand that feeds them. And unfortunately, this is something which plagues the, na the nation of Israel, the Jews in every diaspora they go. So many of the problems are the problems of Jew on Jew. Just being mean, just being um, cruel for the sake of cruelty. And unfortunately, that, that willingness to slander on one another is one of the reasons why the exile continues. Now, another question is, why did the, the daughters of Yisra call him an Egyptian? They said, Ish Mitzri Hitzilanu. So the, the, the most basic understanding is, well, he looked Egyptian. He grabbed Egyptian, he was probably wearing Egyptian clothing, and that's what, what he looked like at the well. Rashi says it because it was because of the Egyptian that he killed that got him there, meaning the Ish Mitzri is referring to the Egyptian that he killed, which now put him as a refugee as well. The, the, the Rav Yaakov Kavanetsky gives a, a, a parable to this, that lets that person is, God forbid, bit by a snake, and he runs to the river um, to, for his foot, and then he sees a child drowning, saves the child, so the child thanks the man for saving him, but he says, no, it wasn't me, it was the snake that saved you. So really it was the Egyptian that put Moshe over here, Rabbeinu over here as well. Um, and so um, that, that's, what, that's what's happening over here. However, there was Naim Latara says that perhaps he's called an Ishmael because that's what I thought of him, and he looked in the sound of the part, but he didn't protest that assessment and was punished for that. Meaning to say, really, he should have been able to, at this point in time, say, you know what, I'm not really Egyptian. I really am a Hebrew. And correct that. That's going to be the process of the founding of the identity of Moshe Rabbeinu as well.
Finally, one last point, just on the uh, one, there's so many points that could, we could learn together, but just one last point in this aliyah, and that is, uh, this aliyah really identifies the um, incredible points of leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, which cultivate him to be a leader before Hashem selects him as being the leader of the nation of Israel. What do we see? What, what, what are the formative points which make that leadership um, known? So it's interesting that there are three incidents in which Moshe Rabbeinu gets involved in a struggle which doesn't have to do with him in our earlier. There are three fights that he, he puts, pushes himself in. In each of those fights, he could have walked away and had nothing to do with it. The first was a fight between a Hebrew and an Egyptian. And so at this point in time, he champions the cause of the Hebrew. And you may say, well, he, Moshe is a person who fights for his own. But then we encounter another incident, and that is where it's Hebrew versus Hebrew. Now, it's not fighting for your own, because in this case, neither are, both of them are his own. So why should he tramp, uh, to choose to one over the other? Why should he make choices about sides? So you see that he doesn't like injustice when at least Hebrews are fighting. But then you move on to the next part of it, and you see that he enters into a fight between Midianites, between um, Midianites fighting among themselves, no Hebrews involved, and still he jumps in, which shows you that it's not about standing up for his own, it's not about just Hebrews, it's about injustice. Moshe Rabbeinu is a person who wants to fix injustice in the world. That's what Dr. Nacham Leibowitz says in explaining this. This, this, this incident, these incidents, this shows you what a real leader is. He is value-driven, not situational-driven, not nepotistic. This is all about the values. Moshe Rabbeinu was an Ish MS, was a man of truth, and that's what led him to be cultivated as the leader for the nation of Israel. With this, we close the Aliyah. In the meantime, a wonderful and meaningful